Hey everyone, welcome to Perspectives of Change. Today, the 23rd of June, we bring you a very special guest with a very different topic once again. But before I get to that, uh, I'm Sarika, the Perspectives of Change host, uh, show host, yeah. And you know me to be a lean change hacker, change agent, and uh, the host of your show today. Uh, a bit of introduction about our show itself, uh, and I like to um, explicitly say this because sometimes as change agents, we forget that our perspective is just one of the perspectives. And this show, Perspectives of Change, is dedicated to exploring how to not change forward by understanding and valuing the diverse perspectives that we have across today. With that, I am going to welcome Diana Russo. Welcome, Diana. Yes, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. I am so glad you had the time today and really have been looking forward to having you on our show. So a very warm welcome to you. Thank you, thank you. So I'm gonna start with a short introduction to you, Diana. And I'm not sure if I will do justice to your introduction, but I'd love for you to add if I miss anything important. And yeah, I'll, I'll give it a start and then you tell me. Sure. So. So I've understood Diana to be a HR and organizational innovator. Uh, I like the fact that she says, you know, there's no such thing as one best recipe for organizational agility, but with years of being in the trenches and discovering, um, I would say, ingredients herself by working in the kitchens of a number of organizations in the past many, many, many years, uh, she has developed the framework and she calls that the 12 ingredients of agile or as she would put it, pizza organizations. And we'll, we'll dive into the uh, nitty gritties of why the words. And I think she has a story there and I really wanna hear that from her. Uh, and like she rightly says, all these ingredients are interconnected and each organization based on their context, their culture and the courage to you know, mix these ingredients together, uh, create their own recipe and find their own ways. And if I remember correctly, what, what uh, Diana generally uh, strongly believes in is that it's time for HR to embrace agile and take a step forward and help organizations to understand the impact of this fast paced changing environment that we have today and lead the transition to a future proof organization uh, using uh, fresh and agile ways of working. I'd love for you to add more, Diana. I'm sure you can add something more. Well, I really love your introduction. I think I'm really going to re-listen to it and then like, wow, this is very good how, how you did that in a very brief and accurate way. And uh, the thing that I would like to add, just, you know, that people don't get the wrong opinion of me is that I do spend a lot of time in the kitchen of organizations, but personally, I cannot even cook. And that's because, and this is also the link to the metaphor of the pizza organization. I'm uh, married to a Sicilian guy and he cooks like, so very very well that and we are together like for 30 years um there's no way that i can beat his cooking uh, in the uh, in the kitchen so but it did inspire me for the whole uh, pizza organization metaphor and um, so yeah that's maybe uh, important to know about me and yes my background is hr and i am now uh, as a uh, advisor or um HR and organizational innovator since 12 and a half years. 
So before that, I was working for a corporate organization in the role of uh, HR. So that, this is where I took the experience from HR and from organizational development and realized that the world was changing very fast and that there, there was a lot of work to do. And so this is when I started my own company. And so in the past 12 and a half years, I spent uh, indeed in the kitchen of various companies and developed this framework. I love that analogy of, you know, being in the kitchen and yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that story because I've, I've talked to you about it, I've heard it and I was like, oh, everybody should know about this story. So it's really nice. Yeah, maybe to add to the, to the lessons, uh, and if we still uh, use the metaphor of the pizza organization, uh, there were like five important lessons that I learned watching my husband preparing everything for the pizza and then looking into organizational development. And one of the, the lessons is like, um, you fail, you learn. So the whole thing of experimenting, trying out things, and then you know with the feedback, uh, try again is very important. Uh, the whole that you need all 12 ingredients and you can't just leave one out is a very important lesson. I mean, did, did you try to make pizza without the flour? I mean, that's impossible, right? Indeed. <laughs> and the other one is that um, you, the oven needs to be on the right temperature. So the other day I, I had a, a team that said to me like, yeah, well, four or five years ago, we were trying to, to develop towards a more agile organization and it, it failed. And now we are uh, again trying, and now it seems to be the right momentum. And now there seems to be a good window of opportunity. So sometimes the oven is not warm enough. And then the other one is, that is very important is that um, there is, as you also mentioned, not one best recipe. And that means that depending, yeah, what you said on the culture, on the company face, uh, on the uh, context and on, indeed the courage of the organization, you need to find the right starting point. You don't need to do all 12 at the same time. And then you will see like when you are kneading the dough from the pizza, you will feel that there are like the air cl uh, clots in it. So you sometimes need to knead them out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and smooth the, the dough. Well, this is the same with organizational development towards more agility. That's you know, you work on one ingredient and then because they're interconnected, the next one will start to uh, show uh, clots and exactly. and then you focus on that. So you always keep in mind that it's an interconnected system. Indeed. Yeah, so and um, yeah, what I uh, what I did in the past years with this system is uh, yeah, what I said, helping organizations to prepare for the future, and and I do see that HR uh, can play an important role in that. So basically, what the, the title of today was also about the road to agile is agile, and the second part was and that yeah, uh, is it HR who can take a step forward and take the lead in the transition. Yeah, and that's a very in interesting and I would say even an inspiring uh, topic to put out today to, you know, people out there and say, so who's daring to take the lead, right? Is it going to be your OD person or is it going to be your agile coach or your scrum master? Or then is Ad HR really brave enough to step out there and make this transition happen to this future-proof organization that we are really wanting it to become soon? Yeah. 
Yeah, and maybe it's good to to just uh, very very briefly uh, uh, tell a little bit more about the uh, twelve ingredients so people understand why I, I uh, um, uh, propose that uh, HR will take a step forward. Uh, yes. And my as my background is also uh, culture leadership and HR, this whole framework developed because of my experience with those topics in in change management and that I saw this changing uh, world around us. Um, and so basically the framework has four agility themes. And uh, I put them in uh, 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 three different uh, swimming lanes, but you know, uh, um, horizontal. And there is no specific order. I, I want to stress that there is not, it's I numbered them one by 12, but it doesn't mean you have to start with one. So the bottom is um, the bottom of this framework is about leadership and about culture. Um, so it's a firm base. It's uh, about um, one, the, the one ingredient. It's about trust from leadership. The other one is about um, personal drivers and putting the employee in the center. You know the human centric approach. Uh, and the third one at the bottom is uh, about inclusion and diversity. So these are very, let's say, um, large themes. There, it's not. It's about culture. It's about your values. It's about your beliefs. It's not very easy to change them. Uh, so this this is why they're at the bottom. So they're more at the heart or at the center. Uh, and you do need these ingredients of trust and inclusion and um, the the. Uh, employee-centric view in a agile organization. Um, so the other theme, and maybe I, I should have started at the top because th this, this is the easier part, right? But I started at the <laughs> bottom, so I'll continue. Uh, at the corner, there is the shared purpose and relevance, which is also like the umbrella uh, for the whole uh, organization direction. This is about their purpose. This is about their North Star this is about their reason of being. So these are very abstract and big themes and very difficult if you start a change process to say, okay, let's you know start deep dive into these quite difficult themes. Mm. So this is why at the top of this um, framework, and I'll, I'll, I have a note here and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll add it to the show notes. Uh, you can find it on my website as well. At the top is the more easy theme. That's about agile ways of working. So this is, you can start tomorrow. There's nobody stopping you from using Kanban boards or uh, experimenting with a project to work in agile ways. Experimenting, it's about uh, small steps, short feedback loops, and it's about um, um, having good conversations with each other and do the re retrospectives in a team. So these are the top uh, four ingredients. And then if you work in that way, you will see that it will affect your structure of the organization. Hmm. And this is the middle um, part of the model. This is about flexible organizing. So this is about multidisciplinary teams, interconnected teams. It's about infrastructure. You know, how does the information flow through the organization? Do we, are we all connected or are we working in silos? Uh, so basically, when you add that up, you have the agile ways of working at the top. In the middle, you have the flexible organizing. And then at the bottom, culture and leadership, plus as the 12th ingredient, 
the shared purpose and relevance of the organization. Nice. You've, you've so beautifully stitched up all of this. So for me, it's like no matter where you start, no matter how you start, you know, start, like you rightly said, one thing is going to lead to the other. And it might not necessarily be in the same sequence because, yeah, you might start somewhere. Uh, agile is going to affect pretty much everything, the structure, uh, the information flow, um, everything. And um, I, I go back to the phrase you use, right, the metaphor of the pizza. So as you keep kneading, the other one's going to start surfacing something. So you know your path is going to get created rightly, like we say, the road to agile is agile and you'll just figure that path out as you keep moving forward. Yes. And, and traditionally, or in the past years, I saw like three different starting points popping up the most. And one is uh -huh. that an organization um, in their strategy says that they want to uh, evolve uh, towards self-organizing teams. So you traditionally start more in the middle where you start, you know, restructuring teams and uh, organizing expertise roles in these self-organizing teams mm. and ensure that there's the right governance and decision-making and so on. And, uh, and then from there, you see that these teams need trust from leadership and they need transparency to get the right information in, in order to be self-organizing. So there you, there you already start to see connections and, and recipes. And the other one is that in a very particular department or team, people start experimenting with agile. And this is the slower way of uh, getting into a, a business agility because it's organic and it takes more time. The good thing is that people are really um, invested in it and they really want it. But then you see, for example, in the top ingredients that people start to experiment with this uh, agile ways of working. And then suddenly they are confronted with uh, boundaries and limitations from the organization, right? So there's uh, department structures and there's budgeting uh, processes and they don't match with the way they organize now themselves in multidisciplinary teams. So that's the second strategy that I see a lot. And then the third one is that it comes from senior leadership where they say, okay, um, we do see that we really want to need to develop towards more agility in, this, uh, in the organization or in the business in order to survive or to respond quicker to the market or to add more value to our customer. And uh, then it starts with uh, yeah, senior leadership basically opening up and asking the teams to start working in self-organizing or agile teams. So there, you, then you see a different recipe. Indeed, no, and I'm glad you brought that point because it probably leads to my um, question where I would like to say, so, so Diana, why do you think HR is the candidate to do all of this, right? To facilitate this, to drive this. Why should they take the front seat? Why not any other role in the organization? Yeah, and, and there are uh, uh, also uh, other roles in the organization, of course. And especially if you, if I look into the future, the organization of the future, I do see uh, less functional departments like HR or like finance and marketing and much more... Um, customer value organized teams, right? So you have your customer value or your customer uh, challenge uh, and, and 
around that your expertise rules are organized. So it would be silly to say for me now to say it's HR who ne needs to take that role because I don't believe that that department will exist anymore in the future. Not as such as we know it now in a hierarchy with uh, you know all the fixed uh, functions and so on. So I really believe in dynamic roles and in uh, learning communities where you let's say deploy, that doesn't sound very nice, but deploy the, the, the talent or the expertise on the different pizza plates, right? In the pizza teams. True. So having said that, um, as long as the person in, in such a, um, a learning community with, um, the, let's say the transition learning community has, has a lot of uh, competences, that will really help in that transition. But let's say now we are currently in this hierarchy and we want to move towards more pizza uh, or, or agile organization. Uh, so why um, HR? Well, first of all, I think you need to recognize that there are different strategies. So we have this organic strategy of development um, transition. We have the step-by-step -step approach, you know, the business unit by business unit. And we have the big bang, you know, the one that we say, okay, let's go from cold turkey from A to B, um, mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's a big one, right? Uh, but either strategy, um, it is important to have a overarching view of the organization. So I, of course, made a list of like pluses and minuses uh, of the different roles. Uh, and then I, what I see in practice a lot is the pluses and minuses from, let's say the agile coaches to uh, versus HR. Mm. Um, so if I step into organizations for these transitions, we have the scrum masters, the agile coaches with a lot of uh, knowledge about agile, about the methodology, the mindset, about the team dynamics and so on, and creating value for the customer, which I think mm. is a very big plus on their side. Because what I see on the HR side, they have the enterprise uh, interconnected view on things it's quite natural for them because they do have this role already um, to look into a more holistic uh, view of the organization. Uh, so that's an important one. And then of course, we are already used to deep dive into uh, personal drivers, motivational uh, theories uh, to understand why a person starts moving and why not. Mm. And there's no me uh, way that I then want to disqualify agile coaches because this is something that the agile coach does as well, right? Uh, it's not that that's, I say, well, it's impossible that they do the role of the agile transition lead. I, I think they should team up. Mm. But I think HR really has to uh, some, yeah, some extra um, experience to bring to the table in terms of this more holistic approach, the, the people drivers, um, you know, and, and the, the experience with change management. Hmm. No, it's an interesting perspective. I like that. Sorry, um, did I interrupt you? No, no, I just, and just wanted to add of what I do see that sometimes they are, they are missing is this uh, um, creating value for the business perspective. Hmm. Sometimes we are so caught up in, in HR in processes and internal view that we forget that by at the end we want to create value, right? For the customer, for the society, for the planet, whatever perspective. 
Uh, and I think agile people who are trained in agile, let's say the the, the scrum, uh, the the, the uh, agile coaches, they are so uh, it's in their system, right? To to think all the time, what's the value we create for our customer? And I think they can learn from each other in that perspective. Indeed, indeed, I would agree on that um, co-learning and co-creation, which is why I love the fact that you know they can of course learn from each other and. Uh, honestly, I'm already seeing in some companies where HR and business are already talking to each other, co-creating that value together and thinking, what's the end customer goal, right? What do we want to achieve for the whole community or the society in general, in addition to what we're delivering for the organization by being in the front seat? So, so here's the question then, Diana. Why do we not see so much of this happening already today? What's, what's stopping us from doing that? Yeah, and you mean then HR? Yes. Uh, I think it's uh, sometimes also a lack of confidence. Um, I, uh, I did a survey also asking HR about this, especially this question, right? Which role mm. would you like to take in this transition? And then uh, most of them said, uh, well, you know, I would like to support the role, uh, a support role and not the, uh, take the lead. And then the question was, of course, like, why? Why wouldn't you take the lead? And then they uh, answered first that they feel that they don't have enough uh, knowledge and uh, about agile and all the uh, um, dynamics with it. And um, yeah, sometimes they forget uh, that they have uh, all the competences to take this uh, role of challenging also the leadership which a lot of people, and not only in HR, sometimes leadership can still um, uh, get stuck in their traditional way of thinking. Um, and then you need also to be brave enough to challenge them and uh, you know hold this mirror and, and ask the right questions. And you see that sometimes uh, HR is not feeling confident enough. I think it has to do with confidence. Mm. Yeah, would it maybe it's also to do a lot with the structural thing that you mentioned also at the beginning, right? Because a lot of it comes with hierarchy, control, and other aspects. So that probably adds on to what you just said. It just increases the complexity of the whole thing and the interconnectedness with it. Yeah, and sometimes what I also see, depending, of course, because we we look at uh, traditional organizations uh, that exist already for a long time, we look at scale-ups, we look at startups, and of course, they all have different dynamics. But in general, I do see also that um, the business partners from HR have a quite traditional look at uh, perspective on HR. So mm. sometimes it doesn't even come to their mind to ask uh, of course, there's many exceptions, right? The other day I spoke to an organization where uh, HR was explicitly invited at the table to you know, put their experience on the table with change management and um, yeah, also painting a picture of the future. And this is really mm -hmm. necessary, especially in agile transitions. So in agile transitions, the road to agile is agile, meaning that we don't have a blueprint meaning that we do not know exactly the steps in between. So this end, you know, this vision of the future, the, the state of awesome, the can you paint a picture of the world of work where we want to develop towards? 
is very, very important because this is your station. I always call it a train station we, we want to move towards. Mm. And we don't know yet which tracks we're going to use. We don't know yet the, the route exactly. So it's quite scary to paint a picture of the future. Um, and then it's not that you're predicting the future. You are painting a picture of the future. And this also takes some courage. A lot of people feel uncomfortable doing that. That is true. Yeah. So we do have challenges and bottlenecks on the way. But help us understand from your experience where you've seen these things also work, right? So these are some of, of course, the challenges that you've shared. But places where you've seen this work in the trenches that you've been in now, in the kitchens of organizations, and what what are the highlights that you're getting maybe in terms of uh, why would people then want to forefront this and, you know, be right ahead and take the lead? Yeah, um, I think a few, I hear you ask a few questions. Uh, so example of organization where this works well, um, and this, you have to define what is successful, right? Um, yes. What I see is that the, the whole transition towards more agility takes a, a, a long time. So what I do see, I see successful starts of journeys, right? So I do, do see that uh, where people, um, yeah, painted this picture of the future, that the chance that they um, are successful in the steps in between is very much uh, is much higher mm. so um and that's always in a multidisciplinary team so it's never only hr so it's never only the agile teams it's always a combination of uh um, for example uh, an uh, organizational development expert an hr person and agile uh, teams mm. um so and then the, because it's most of the time organic or step-by-step -step approach, you do need quite some time to really say, okay, now we are re really getting somewhere in agility. Um, so that's important. So I saw uh, successful organizations doing this by painting this picture of the future. And I also saw uh, organizations who work out loud. I cannot stress that mm -hmm. enough. Uh, that's a good idea anyways in, in this fast-changing organization that we really use um, the virtual tools or the, the actual walls in the organization to put our plans to, to our scrum boards, our uh, OKRs, uh, whatever we need to, to um, visualize, visualize things because that is then like a... Um, catalyst for cooperation, for co-creation, for you know putting the uh, pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, and, but I must say, and I go back to the survey. We also ask in the survey uh, organizations: uh, Are you um, in which phase of agility are you? Hmm. So, um, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like forty-five percent say that they're still quite traditional and hierarchical organized and that maybe six percent is calling themselves agile which mm. means flat as interconnected transparent and so on and then um, we did quite some work with them and not only with the uh, companies i work with but this was in the netherlands by the way and um, so then the second time two years later we did the same survey and then we saw that it was still only 6% who called themselves agile. Interesting. But we did see that 
the starting phase, phase one, the 45%, they really move towards like a middle group where there is a hybrid or a, a combination of traditional and uh, agile um, organization. Mm-hmm. So you see this, basically what I want to say is that to really become fully agile, that really takes a long time. But that doesn't mean, yeah, so how can you be successful means uh, working uh, in small steps, uh, working in multidisciplinary teams, having this vision of the future and work out loud. Yeah, I'll, I, like, I like the way you put it and essentially moving the needle from where you are to a little more forward. We don't know what that forward is going to end up being, but as long as we believe it's going to move in the right direction, I think it's important that the needle moves. Yes, exactly. And this is also where this, if I, if, if I go back to the 12 ingredients and you see that there are, uh, that you can score them one to, to five, mm-hmm. I always say you don't need to be all five to, be, uh, to do a step towards more agility. You have to l- look into the different scores and see again where are the clots in the dough and start from there to move that needle one step. Uh, but the step well is always towards agility, right? Yes. Yeah, indeed. That sounds quite obvious, but I do see organizations sometimes because they're in a crisis or that some things went wrong and they want to gain control again. Uh, they make a step backwards, like they go back to control. They go back to, uh, you know, firm and the old traditional way of organizing. Indeed, which is where you need people to hold them, handhold with them, and then take them forward. Okay, we still need to move in this direction, not backwards, right? So, yeah. I have a couple other questions for you because I've been popping now in my head with lots of questions. But as promised to everybody when we started the show, uh, I'd like to open the stage for questions from all of you. I'm sure you have questions. And I'll keep my two questions till the end, and we'll come back to that. So... Anybody, just uh, unmute yourself, ask a question. Or if you prefer to type it, just put it in the chat and then, you know, Diana and I can take a look. I can ask a question. Um, In your uh, work uh, in the traditional HR, um, you say that uh, People in the companies, they don't give the proper relevance to HR. They even don't get invited to the leadership meetings and important meetings. So how can we change this? How can we make uh, HR part of the process, not just uh, responsible for all the administrative things like the salaries and holidays, but with a straightforward um, mindset of hiring the right people for the right position with the right culture. So how can we change that? Because I've worked in traditional companies and it's very, very hard to change the mindset. Uh, At the moment, I'm working at a startup and it's completely different. So if I was in the traditional company, how could I start to make change happen? Yeah, very cool question. And it's also great to hear that the startup is already having a completely different perspective on uh, HR. Um, Probably it's not called HR uh, in the startup. I don't know. No, it's called operations. Okay. Making things happen. Yeah, yeah, and that's (laughs) that's really awesome. Making things happen. That's cool. 
Um, so to back to the traditional HR. So um, sometimes it's a step too far to say, okay, um, let's now intervene with the, uh, the business agility and with the uh, transition there. But within HR, we can also start working, uh, uh, do the transition, like do a mini transition and already start to approach the different HR topics uh, with an uh, agile approach. So for example, if we have to um, design a new um, or develop a new onboarding system um, pro pro program, or if we have to redesign our performance management system uh, and then start by um, uh, do, um, practice what you preach, right? So uh, starting from there, working out loud, working in multidisciplinary teams saying, okay, we're not gonna design it from only HR desk, but invite uh, our uh, stakeholders and do the steps like in design thinking or in agile, um, uh, in scrum sprints. This is what I did with the other company. We, we had employer branding, for example, on the agenda. And I said, okay, we do this in a uh, scrum kind of way. And because we start working in more agile, embracing agile ways of working within HR, we automatically uh, started to um, uh, involve our business partners. Uh, and so they got to know and understand that we were working in a different way. And this is because that became more visible, of course, because we had uh, scrum boards and, and we had our review meetings and so on. People started to understand that, hey, hang on, uh, we can involve uh, HR also in the same way that they are involving us. So that was... I did that a few times and it worked every time. And it, but it takes, uh, it takes a lot of time to, you know, by starting uh, uh, with agile ways of working to um, yeah, make visible to the rest of the organization that we have um, added value and that we are also uh, working in an agile way. And then slowly you start to uh, get more involved. The companies, sorry. Yeah. At the companies where you worked and you implemented that strategy, did you have always the, the reinforcement of the top management or they were not aligned at all with what you were doing? What was the, the case? Yeah, I start to smile because I was already almost getting your question. <laughs> and it's a fa so fa valid question because uh, in, the, in this example of employer branding, I didn't, didn't have that. So... I uh, next to the door of the director, I had my scrum boards because I really wanted her to see what we were doing. But at the end of the, that whole process is like the teams were really excited and they were really into scrum, but we didn't really get her support. And that really is a big, big obstacle. So, uh, and it's something that um, really slowed down the whole process. At the end, because there were other uh, projects and there were uh, more people starting to embrace it she finally you know started to slowly embrace uh, uh, agile but that really uh, yeah so once no in another organization where uh, basically the request came from uh, senior leadership um it looked like i had a, a good speed in in this uh, whole uh, transition but they didn't uh, show their uh, example behavior. So we were all trying, we, we had all the time and, and they said, yeah, it's important and it's on the agenda, but they didn't show really that the good 
behavior, the same behavior. They were still with closed doors and doing everything in a traditional way. Do as I say, don't do as I do. <laughs> exactly. So at the end, you see that you can make some progress, but then you start to slow down as well. So yeah, definitely, if I have uh, an example, I do have an example from an organization where uh, they were really involved as senior leaders and they really were part of also of the different uh, uh, transition teams. Then you see uh, that uh, you really start to get results because you do need them, especially I come back to that painting the picture of the future. They have a very diff uh, important role in that future perspective. So as long as you are, uh, are as a senior leader not involved in that, then yeah, you leave teams. Um, yeah, an, an important part of the puzzle you, 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 you keep to yourself and it's very difficult for teams to advance. So yeah, very long uh, answer, but the short one is, yes, you do need the support from your senior leadership but it cannot stop you from starting if you don't have it. How can you um, um, convince senior leadership to step in? Right? Like your example, what you said, that they are not stepping in or they are not uh, behaving like everybody is behaving in the agile way. Yeah, um, a few years ago, I would give you a different answer than today because uh, the, the good news is that uh, about... 90 or 95% of senior leaders have agility on the agenda. That doesn't mean that they are acting on it. And it doesn't mean that they are, uh, what I said, uh, involved with it, but it's at least on their agenda. So what really helps, and this is, uh, uh, I call it the agile context canvas that I developed. Um, you can convince them by uh, showing them also, what does this mean for, business value what does this mean for our customer what does this mean for uh, uh, productivity uh, bottom line uh, and so on so what is the value of embracing agile for the business and most of that the time that's um, helping to convince them but at the same time i must admit that from hr we are not so used to use these mm. arguments about business value and what is it, um, what does it mean bottom line, or what does it mean uh, for, yeah, for for the uh, results of the organization? True, but I like the fact that you know it's it's about talking the language of the leaders to then kind of get that shared understanding and bring alignment because then it's easier. Maybe it's not even convincing them; they're already convinced automatically because you know you're already talking the language and they see value in it. That's nice. Yeah. And sometimes it's really just uh, also for them to experience it. So yesterday I had a little um, um, like kind of inspiration session with a leadership team and we did a little experiment or a, a simulation of ag agile ways of working, just also to make them understand what it, what it means to work in uh, iterations with sprints and how important their role is mm -hmm. as a stakeholder and, uh, and so on. And, only by doing that little exercise and they understood suddenly, oh, this is how it works with user stories. Oh, this is how it works. And this is why I, as a leader, also need to be involved. So sometimes it can be as small and simple as that. Oh, I fully resonate with that. Yeah, that is super important. The question I get from most HR teams I'm coaching is like, what's in it for me? 
IT is or agile is for IT teams, right? YHR yeah. or yeah, no, very nice. Um, I have another question come up with you if, uh, but let me before that confirm. So Katinka, did your question get answered? Are you good? Okay. So, and Isabel, the same question for you. You're good with that. Okay, then I have Francisco's question here for you, Diana, and that's in your experience, how HR could start building and measuring agile leadership skills in the organization? Uh, uh, agile leadership skill in the organization, uh, as in it's important that um, the different leadership roles need to um, embrace agile and take it forward to the next step. This is how I understand it. How can you measure that? Francisco, you, you do, yeah. Yeah, if you could confirm that for us, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, hi, hi. sorry, I have camera issue here. But yeah, it's more like uh, how we can build the next step in the um, leadership skills, especially for the um, middle managers, right? Things like, for example, not how they improve the motivation with Agile or how do they empower or uh, how do they delegate with Agile. So those skills needs to be probably uh, improved. No? Yeah, I think, uh, thank you for, for explaining that because it's, I think, a very nice question. And uh, I know I cannot uh, wave too much with uh, visuals in this. Uh, uh, for me, it, it resonates with this middle line of the ingredients, which is about uh, team structure and how um, leader uh, self-organizing teams, yes, no. Some teams need more coaching than the others. And how do you, as a team leader, uh, coach and um, lead your teams, your agile teams. So what I see that so in, in many organizations, then suddenly learning and development is, is, is uh, ignited and says, oh, we need to do a, a new uh, a, a leadership program for leadership uh, in agile organizations, which is very, very valid and true. Um, and then they sit behind their desk and design a new program. So the interesting thing is uh, that, uh, or the, the more successful way I saw it is that you sit with team leads and you sit with le um, learning and development and uh, try, and, and with agile experts, of course, people who work with agile um, uh, ways of working to right. develop a kind of um, learning by doing um, program which is different for me than a, like an academy where you do a course, a leadership course, and then you turn around to your work environment, to your team, and then try to apply it. And in this case, it's more about, um, yeah, the awareness of, sure, you need some training, but it's also by coaching team leaders by taking their role. And that's, uh, it's on the job. So Francisco, I don't know if that answers your question a bit. So it's it's a program, mm -hmm. but it's not a learning and development program Got as it. traditional. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Thank you. And I think one of the exercises we do many times in sessions also is to, um, and again, because not uh, one size does not fit all, is um, we start to co-create leadership profiles. You know to um, work out together what kind of role this a leadership role is needed for this team and you can also imagine that because every team develops in a different speed and towards a different state of agility uh, it's not one size fits all uh, you do need different leadership 
styles or leadership roles. So one of the things we did is uh, saying, okay, if we have the traditional leadership, a leader role, team leader role here, how would this role in the future or in, in the agile organization look like? And mm-hmm. then maybe we have five common components for each team leader in the agile organization, but then t- bear in mind that you have different types of teams in different phases. You have uh, for, uh, variable co- uh, roles on uh, competences on top of that. So to co-create a new team leader role. It's very useful exercise to do. Thank you. Great, yeah. great tip. Thank you. I love that perspective. It's brilliant. So thanks, Diana, for sharing that. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I'm warming up now. So come on with some more questions. Yes, I know Kartik raised his hand. So Kartik, yes. could you? Yes, yeah. go ahead. So yeah, this is Kartik here. I think uh, thanks for this insightful session. I think the last... 45 minutes or so, I, I don't know how it went because it was very uh, useful. Uh, so here's my question. <clears throat> so as we speak, I think we touched upon a few things on this uh, Agile HR and how do we kind of, uh, you know, optimize our um, performance uh, process, right? Uh, so I often, I kind of off late, I see companies like uh, Bait, MNCs or uh, you know, especially Indian companies, they have started embracing this, uh, you know, quarterly feedback cycle. Earlier it was uh, yearly, and then this slowly started moving the needle, right? But but I kind of, being an agile coach, I have not come across uh, a situation or, or, or a scenario where the HR is completely transforming their practices in terms of performance appraisal, where we, yes, I, I, I do agree that there is a small... Um, change they're trying to do, but it doesn't change the entire system because agile is agility. When you think about it, it's it's holistic thinking. It's a system thinking, and I don't I don't really believe you know changing one area will change everything. But we need to really look at how do we gradually move from one uh, you call it as a department or a function to to the another. So make sure that we support each other in the process and we kind of you know change the entire organization right over a period of time. Um, so my question is, <clears throat> do you have any case studies or you can even, I would like to hear from your experiences where this was really applied, right? Where we literally move from traditional practices of, uh, you know, uh, evaluating or assessing individuals or teams performance. And how do we really transform to an agile way of, because that is a gray area for me. I have not really come across a very uh, a qualitative, uh, you know, discussion on that yet. So I would like to hear from you, uh, you know, your perspectives and, and some case studies if you'd like to share. Yeah, well, so I think you're asking me five questions in one. So let's try to, uh, I first, two major ones that I hear you saying is about, uh, the, the first one is about uh, the performance management as an example of HR redesigning their instruments. I call it instruments, their, their tools and pro- products and services. Um, geared towards or aligned with the agile organization. Yeah. And the other one, uh, I hear you also, maybe not literally, I for me, there, namely, there is a difference, not a difference, there's a different um, topics or areas where HR can be of value in uh, the agile transition. One is f- exactly that, redesigning the tools and instruments from uh, 
that we currently have two more uh, fitted to the agile organization. And the other one is what we were discussing, taking the lead in the agile transition. They are interconnected, but for me, there are two different topics. And I don't want to confuse everybody now, but the, the, the first one is the agile transition is about going from A to B, from traditional to agile via, via agile uh, roads. Uh, and the other one is um, how do we have to renew, redesign, uh, update, uh, align our current HR instrumentarium, we would say in Dutch, uh, our tools and products and services. So it fits with uh, agile teams and agile organization. Um, so I do see, did see, do see some good examples of agile uh, HR starting to understand that they have to redesign these tools and they do this through um, what I call pressure cookers um, based on design thinking. So again, this is uh, with co in co-creation with the user and other stakeholders, uh, whether this is performance management or this is uh, learning and development or talent attraction or um, uh, onboarding and so on. Um, so this is also the, the, the clue. The clue is that you do this through co-creation and uh, design thinking steps. Um, and if you say, do you have good examples of that? Um, yeah, there is, for example, yeah, I, I refer now to the, to the Netherlands. There are some uh, organizations really made a lot of progress towards more agility. Um, where it's also important to make a difference between are they really all IT based or um, st started from Scrum and the, 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 that agile um, transition or are they more like holacracy or the pizza model? We are from non-IT movement towards agility. So I do see a difference there, but um, from... Uh, more holacracy, for example, there are some examples where the whole system and it, and it is a holistic approach is completely converted. Um, and then all the tools are uh, redesigned step by step. Mm. And uh, so HR does, is not called HR anymore. And as you probably know, with holacracy, you work in, uh, there's an organization in circles and with roles. So you have a circle concerned about redesigning HR tools or people tools. Uh, so I don't know if that is a, you asked for examples, if I did see good uh, examples. Yes, I did see good examples and it's always in co-creation and with design thinking steps. So now you have to help me with your other questions because the, Kartik, can you help yeah. me with your other questions? Yeah, I think I think pretty much you answered my question and you covered it. Um, I was basically looking for uh, your experience on, on this area. I think you covered that. But if you implicitly uh, mention or saying that you don't see it a lot yet, then that's completely true. I uh, really want to encourage HR also to deep dive in redesigning their instruments. Uh, it's really time to start like yesterday doing that. Uh, we are a bit behind, I must say. And, and strange because I think it's an easy first step. Uh, if the whole agile transition is 
uh, can be overwhelming and big and, and maybe uh, people don't feel comfortable to take a lead role. Uh, then I say, okay, make it small, smaller and stay in your comfort zone and first understand agile. That means for me, HR needs to embrace agile ways of working and agile mindset. Once you did that, you can help the agile teams to, to, to provide, uh, to help redesigning the tools or the other way around, you can do this in a co-creation. Co yeah, Th thanks for this insightful uh, uh, conversation. I kind of, um, to, to kind of back you on this the second point that you just, just now established, right? Where um, that's very much true because I have not seen that enough. And also I see where companies adopt agile for the IT and business part of it. Uh, they still kind of call themselves agile, but when, when it comes to uh, rewards, they just pick one person in a team and they say like, you have done an excellent job and, and it's like pat on, pat on the back or whatever award they have, like kind of uh, strategy they use, like they used to give that and they still call them as, as an agile team. So that's where the contradiction comes into place, like where you, you, you would try to imbibe the agile values and principles, but on the other hand, the supporting functions are doing it in a more traditional way. So it doesn't go hand in hand, right? Yeah. So that, that was my concern, yeah. Yeah, no, very valid point. So this is also a call to all HR people to uh, really start to deep dive into agile ways of working and mindset and really try to understand how it works. And of course, practice it also, because I think uh, we need to, or yeah, if we really want to add value to our internal customers and at the end also business uh, value, um, we should also do it ourselves. Eat your own dog food, they say, right? So or phrasing it another way drink your own champagne oh that's better i love that <laughs> that, that 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 would be prosecco with the pizza definitely prosecco agreed <laughs> no and and i like that call to hr and i i i would resonate right uh, by saying that it's happening in pockets in different parts of the globe i think we just need to make sure it kind of springs up a little faster because it's really the need of the hour and if that can happen then why not yeah, and maybe if I can add something, as a, yeah, sorry, if you got me going, right? Now try to stop me if I... Uh... I'll have to in two minutes, but go for it. <laughs> yeah, I take one minute. Uh, so the, uh, you can imagine that uh, HR taking the lead role in the agile transition is not, that is for me, is also I like the next step. You first do need to uh, embrace agile, uh, incorporate in your own uh, uh, practices. And that means you cannot limit that to HR because by default, that means co-creation and working in multidisciplinary teams. But that experience will help you to take a step forward. And also, you know, if you really want to support the transition, fine, but also take the courage to lead. Fully agreed. Yeah, thank you for sharing that insight. Very helpful, Diana. Um, since we are very much time box now. So I think I still need you to answer one question of the two that I'd kept for you for the last. Uh, since you're already on a spree now, I think this question's imperative. So in addition to calling this out for HR, what would you like our participants today at uh, this uh, show to maybe something actionable that they could try out, maybe one key thing, you know? something they could just go back and try out or share with HR if they're not from HR, if they're from IT or, and if they're from HR, what could they do? So either ways. Uh, well, one of the things that I really uh, saw helpful, very low, um, how you say that, 
uh, easy to do is I have, behind me, I have the 12 ingredients or I have them. If you just look at the website, I have a, like agility scan, which is just the 12 ingredients with, with on the left-hand side of the traditional description on the right-hand side, it's the um, agile des the description. Yep. And talk with your business partner, talk with HR, talk from whatever perspective and have a look at that and say, okay, how would we score on these 12 ingredients and where could we move the needle one step to the right? And, and that can then from there, you will start a, the whole system going. Brilliant. Yeah. I just shared the link that you mentioned. So it's there now in the chat. I'm hoping that it's the right one. Uh, I can see the ingredients. So yes, it seems like it's the right one. <laughs> uh, but that's a brilliant takeaway and some, some action that everybody could try out. So thank you so much, Deanna, for sharing that. Um, on that note, uh, I think uh, no matter how much Deanna and I would like to continue this conversation like for yet another hour, because now I think I've got her all charged up and this is just going brilliant with all the questions coming in and the different perspectives we're discussing. But let's, uh, yeah, we'll pause it now. We'll hopefully have Diana on another show and we'll, uh, uh, this is not the first and the last one. It's gonna be one of many, I'm sure. And uh, we'll take it from there. So thank you, Diana, for sharing all these brilliant perspectives and the lovely conversation we've had today. Yes, you're very welcome. And uh, great for everybody that you were on the show. And thank you, Sarika, for inviting me. And uh, let's stay in touch. Definitely. And thank you, everyone, for the brilliant questions that make the conversation uh, very enriching. Um, yeah. So thank you all. And I hope to see all of you on the next uh, Perspectives of Change show. Thank you.